The views and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and producers and are not those of Apple or any authorized service provider. Information provided is purely for entertainment purposes only. For more information about products and services discussed in this program, we invite you to visit a corporate Apple store or an approved certified Apple service and sales center. Today we celebrate the first... Hello, I'm a Mac. You're stealing from us! Don't scully around. The Apple podcast that brings you information from both sides of the counter, from both the customer and the sales and service provider's point of view. You want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Because we don't scully around. What can I say? I hired the wrong guy. Now, there's another small but mighty Mac our users have been waiting for. And here it comes. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's the 2018 Mac Mini! That's right, the 2018 Mac Mini is here. Welcome to the podcast that demystifies the Apple world, tells you both sides of the story for both the consumer point of view as well as the Apple retailer and the repair center. My name's Chris, hanging out here with Caitlin, and we are going to be talking about the amazingly upgradable and new 2018 Mac Mini. Now, I've always, um, I've always been a PC kind of a guy, and I remember wanting to get a Mac Mini in the mid 2000s because I saw this beautiful little computer. It was really awesome. It looked like it was pretty powerful. It was a little pretty comparable uh, spec-wise with the um, the iMac, but it was a lot less because I didn't need to buy a computer. That was also part that had as part of it this big bulky monitor. I could have my own monitor. I could have my own thing. And I think wasn't that the whole point when Steve uh, introduced it? Uh, yeah, the Mac Mini was really the original focus of the Mac Mini was really to help the PC switchers who were slightly curious about the Mac world be able to afford a Mac and not have to worry about getting all this newfangled stuff. They could just use the screen they already have. They could use the keyboard they already like. They could use the mouse that they already like. Because maybe they have a keyboard or a mouse that they really like already. And you can actually use that. You don't have to use the fancy Apple Magic Mouse. You could actually use, I don't know, a rollerball. Or maybe even a trackpad. But that was the original idea. Then it kind of grew, I think, a little bit to their own surprise. Because they had made it relatively upgradable with um, hard drive upgrades and RAM upgrades it became the pro computer. Um, that was a, uh, I think, almost a surprise for them. It also became a server as well because it was daisy-chainable. Yes, I made a word. Uh, <laughs> they, by that, it means that you could plug multiple of them into each other, which meant that you could create redundancy, RAID arrays, um, as well as just uh, create a whole server for a whole network if you needed to and have backups. Um, it's, that is still being used. They are still being used for that today. Then, unfortunately, that all changed. Apple decided the uh, we don't care about the power users that are using this thing. We want to maybe move them on to something else. Those I call the dark days. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, in 2014, they made a significant change. They were all excited about it. Guess what? We're going to sit there and make this such a powerful little machine, and it was less powerful than the 2012 model. 2012 model prices went through the freaking roof uh, because of that. Actually, I ended up getting one from my father because you could use it as a server. But anyway, 
um, just to be able to, even though, yes, they were faster processors than the 2012s because they were newer, um, the newer model of it, it didn't have the same power behind it. You used to be able to get a quad-core machine for under $700, and now you had to pay at least 1000 to get a quad-core machine. They kind of just died from 2014 until basically 2018 um, since this new model that came out, which is not just the new gray color. You know, around that time, I think Apple users were kind of used to, uh, especially the power users, were used to sort of having Apple ignore them. But we'll do a whole nother show about Final Cut X versus Adobe Premiere. Oh, oh, yeah, we're going into that? <laughs> Jeez, thanks for and not throwing it all at me at once. And we won't talk about um, $500 little teeny tiny Hackintoshes that are out performing the 2018 No, we're not. Or I'm <laughs> just going to press the end button now. <laughs> but let's get started talking about It's called about a Hackintosh. Let's it's get not st- even a real Mac. It doesn't even know what it is. <laughs> But let's get started talking about the new <laughs> Mac Mini. Um, uh, big uh, big news has been the price hike. Two, $200 more versus the previous generation uh, Mac Mini with only an i3 processor. What's going on there? Yes, it's an i3 processor, but there are four of them. Um, so it's a quad core again, and this is again, it's at that seven. Okay, it's the $800. But anyway, uh, price point that it was at originally. Actually, if you go into any one of the stores that may have one on display, go torture that little sucker. Um, they can handle a lot. Um, they can do a lot of processing, a lot of other things, but it's, as much as I hate to say it, it's kind of like Apple got a little confused. They have their pro users that they were really gearing it towards, but they still want the entry level to be able to use it. So it's a good mix computer, as well as there are some really nice upgrade options with it as well. I believe you can go all the way up to a six core, last I remember, um, which that one's geared more towards the video or audio or photography producer or editor or whatever you might be. And that does bring up the big question is if you're going to be using as a power user for video and graphic design, why would you buy a Mac Mini instead of the lovely little... The you mean little, the trash can? The little tiny, tiny trash can. I call can. it a space ca- spaceship, but everybody else calls it a trash can. Um, well, <laughs> the Mac Pro, if you actually compare the Mac Mini to the Mac Pro, at least with the geek benchmarks, um, they actually found that the Mac Mini outperformed the 2013 Mac Pro. Their $5,000 machine is outperformed by an $800 machine. Yeah. Um, Not to mention it doesn't have the graphics card problems that the Mac Pro has. It was nice that Apple was thinking that the Mac Pro at that time, people were going to go into dual graphics cards. Not the way the industry actually went. So, yeah, there's another whole story in that. But with the Mac Mini, you can actually, there are other options for upgradability with it as well. Yeah, we're seeing that you can upgrade the RAM in this model. It's not soldered in. However, there is some issues over um, why we can't just do it ourselves, pop the top off, plop the RAM. Remember, you were pointing out that uh, you literally have to take your whole computer apart, and you probably don't want to do that. Yeah, you have to suck the brains out of your computer just to be able to upgrade the RAM, which is upgradable. It's up to 64 gigs, but that's Apple tested. They haven't really gotten into 128 gigabyte RAM chips that I know of. I I may have missed it, but um, it is something that is upgradable down the road, but I wouldn't recommend it for the average home user. 
Unlike the old way, which is just pop the bottom of it off, just twist it. You can still do that, except you're not going to see the RAM, and the RAM is in this nice little cage. You have to basically take the entire machine out of its casing, unscrew two little things, then you can upgrade the RAM all you want. And please, if you're going to do this in any fashion, please make sure you have matched sets. So if you want to have four, upgrade it with two... Um, uh, I think it comes with 8 gigs. So if you want to upgrade it to 16 gigs, please make sure that you're doing two 8 gig sticks. Anyway. Yes, 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 yes. I'm a techie person. What are you expecting? <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, they want to uh, tout their uh, recyclability, all new um, new recycled materials. Uh, you know, one of the things about the all Apple products is how beautiful the architecture is inside of them. And some of the YouTubers we've watched... Uh, they talk about how beautiful the Mac Pro is, but, you're, Pro. but you're never going to see it unless yes. you take your screen off, and you probably don't want to do that. No, you void warranties, <laughs> and they're not exactly fun to take off. I can vouch. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they've done some nice jobs. on uh, The inside of it is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump forward into graphics capabilities, because you don't think with this little tiny computer you're going to be able to do a lot with it in terms of video editing. And a few years ago, we, were, um, we attended the uh, New Hampshire Film Festival, and um, helped on the seacoast sea and helped do some of the uh, live streaming on that event. That was an adventure. Well, GTEC was there and they were introducing these, what were, just seemed revolutionary at the time, these uh, video card enclosures to allow you to basically use any video card you want with any computer configuration. I was just, and as a video editor, I was like, wow, this is going to be so cool. And one of the big selling points about the Mac Mini is that external graphics card enclosure integration, which we finally got to see one, and I couldn't believe how big the thing was. I'm thinking... It's like this, four times the size of a Mac Mini. <laughs> and, it's, and it looks like it's twice the size of a graphics card, which made me ask the question, is the rest of the size the cooling fan, or could you put two graphics cards in that, in no, that sucker? It's, it's, from my understanding of it, it's um, a lot of it is actually power supply, because those things do need some power, as well as cooling fans, because they get hot. Um, as well as the connectors that go to it. From my brief understanding, I haven't actually ripped one apart yet. I keep asking, but they won't let me. Um, but yeah, it actually connects right through the Thunderbolt 3. Um, using external graphics cards um, was supported in uh, Mac OS uh, High Sierra, but the problem was the computers couldn't physically support the graphics power. Um, the higher-end MacBook Pros could somewhat, but it did not play well, and there were barely any that were approved. Not that there's that many more that are approved now, um, but at least it's higher than 4 gigs. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, the external graphics card plugs in. Um, I know OWC actually has just released their, their version of it, which has the graphics cards. You do have to install the graphics card yourself, but it, from what I understand, it's not too difficult. And then install a driver so that it knows how to talk. Um, but otherwise, just kind of works. Um, I know of quite a few people who are purchasing the Mac Minis as an interim fix for their unfortunately old Mac Pros, by old Mac Pros pre-2013. And they need something temporarily to get them by, so they'll get an external graphics card with a Mac Mini, and then in hopes that Apple continues this whole thing of supporting external graphics cards, so they can use that on their hopefully new Mac Pro. Right, because you were saying that one of the one of the weird things about this is the new MacBook Air, the new integration of the MacBook Air was released. The uh, Mac, the new Mac Mini was released. They both support external <laughs> graphics cards. So Which it's, I'm it's, sorry, it's just I interesting just... to think these these two computers that are both to be your entry level Apple products, they can support external graphics cards, but the, the 
the legacy high-end pro stuff as it currently stands will or kind of can't. That so makes no sense. The the newer model MacBook Pro, so the 20, I think they're 2017? No, the 2018 models, uh, MacBook Pros, the Touch Bar models, those support external graphics cards. The 2017 or the previous generation 13-inch non-Touch Bar model, uh, that one does not support it, but it also hasn't been updated in about a year. Hopefully they'll be doing that one soon. So I think it's just a sign of the times that they're moving forward with things. I'm sorry, when they announced that, guess what, your MacBook Air can use an external graphics card, I can't help but laugh a little bit, because I'm not so sure how often that will happen. All I can really think of is, you know, a school kid that starts getting into video work because mom got them a MacBook Air, let's work on it externally now. That's just my thinking, but I'm sure there are others that will find a use for it because the new MacBook Air is really impressive as well. The external graphics card is really interesting. And actually, to get back to the recycling thing, Apple has been trying to be very eco for a while. They've been very proud of this. Um, and they have been doing this recycling thing. And to be perfectly honest, whenever they talk about how eco-friendly they are, I kind of tune out. Um, now it actually kind of is starting to make sense. Um, actually, with the Mac Pro and the iMacs, they started bringing those back to be manufactured within the U.S., um, and they've been trying to bring more and more back. Now they're starting to actually use that funky, cool little machine that takes apart iPhones and that type of thing and reusing the aluminum that they have and in a way that the aluminum doesn't chip or break down as much, or so they say it's so new we haven't had any way to test it yet. But it is an interesting idea um, that they're going so recycled, and I know that they're eco and they're trying to talk about that. It, that type of thing is neat. I never was that interested, but when they said recycling, that was an interesting idea, I guess, because try and look at almost any other PC manufacturer or computer manufacturer for new machines, not recycled. Um, or not, re not recycled, um, not refurbished, or ones that someone else has built. Look at the new ones. Barely any of them use recycled parts, at least from my understanding. The Mac Mini is a neat little machine. A little powerhouse if you need it. Um, or not so much. Actually, when it first got announced, I was thinking it would be a really good machine for me, because uh, I could unplug it and move from one space to another. At my previous job, I had two desks. Yes, I'm that lucky person. And part of the problem I had was I was trying to remote into my other desk when I was at one desk. Yes, I have really terrible first world problems. Uh, but it, was, it would be nice to be able to just unplug it, move over to that other side, and there we go. I can just start working from there. It's still kind of focused on its ideas that it was originally having, but it is interesting and I'm kind of curious as to what point they were trying to do with it. They were really proud of the server part of it and that it's going to really support the pro users, which it will. It'll support the pro users a lot better than its previous model. I'm hoping to see it get more upgradable, but it's probably not. The hard drive is still soldered onto the actual computer, though it is all solid state drive now. When it comes to why the heck do can't we upgrade other things, the ever fun question I love answering, if I put on my Apple sales hat, they can't really be upgraded in the Apple sales pitch world. It's because then they make sure that all the parts in there are genuine Apple and are installed by a genuine authorized service provider rather than somebody who is not authorized and causing more damage to your computer. Some of these things are really simple, but you'd be surprised what can be damaged that is supposedly really simple. If you don't know what you're doing, it's a lot better to have an authorized person actually doing the work, especially the more in-depth it gets. So it, it is something that I am a strong proponent of when in doubt, unless you're already certified yourself. 
or you know someone who's certified, I wouldn't do it yourself, especially considering shock issues. You don't want to kill your machine just by upgrading the RAM. But anyway, that's my little tangent on authorized service repair and upgradability. I think we've talked about that too, but I've asked this question uh, numerous times, especially when it comes to Hackintoshes, which I love teasing you with. Um, I will kill you later. The the whole issue of, I mean, this goes back to Apple history, is, you know, Microsoft figured out the money was in the software. Apple was like, no, we're going to stick being the hardware manufacturer as well as designing the operating system and having the operating system be only operable on our machines. Could Apple have made more money selling the Apple OS to also be put on any type of machines? But you basically kind of said what you said there about uh, assuring that the parts are going in your Mac are going to work properly because the Apple people have already tested. They've already tested it. They've specced it all out. They've built the operating system to work on a specific architecture, system architecture versus Windows that you can just put on any old piece of junk PC that you decide to build with no comprehension of whether or not it's going to work when it boots up. If it boots, it's great, and Windows will work lovely. But then the issue becomes Windows starts becoming really sluggish. And you blame the operating system for being absolutely horrible when really it's... You're not on an optimal computer for that operating system. Yeah, which I think everyone found out when they upgraded to Windows 10. Or Vista. Or Vista. The Mac ecosystem, as they love to call it. Yes, it is a humongous thing of trying to keep everybody on the same thing and make money. Yes, I'll definitely say that. But as Chris was saying, it's very true that why didn't they just do that? Um, Yes, part of it was Steve Jobs really wanted to keep all of his stuff in his little world. But it's also, it's a quality assurance. It may not seem it. It may just seem like Apple's out there to get every last dollar that you have. And they want to make sure that, oh, they get every last penny out of you. There's a part of that. They are a business. Um, But there's also, it's a quality assurance. Uh, I mean, come on, call into Microsoft and try and get the same support that you get through through calling into Apple Care support. Yes, there are still bad instances, but generally they are really pretty good on the phone. You know what really helps? Having the same style computer in-house, having an iMac in-house, having a laptop in-house, having an uh, Apple Watch in-house. Yes, there are Hackintoshes, but Hackintoshes don't even really know what they are. By that meaning, you can go into an Apple and basically ask the computer, what are you? Are you an iMac? Are you a Mac Mini? Or what are you? And what's your exact year? can't do that on a Hackintosh. You'll just pick something. You'll have your own random serial number and half of the features won't work on there. Um, A lot of times it's a handoff and other things that are side features to the operating system, but really make it work a lot nicer. I know a former coworker who built a Hackintosh and he used to get annoyed because he couldn't use iMessage because it wasn't authenticated for that. And he tried to use as many Apple approved parts as possible, but still was not made by Apple, which seems really, really annoying. But Again, it's that whole thing of making sure that the end product that you are using works to the best that it can to take the best advantage of the operating system that you're using. Whether it's an iPhone, an iPad, a Mac, an Apple Watch, an Apple TV even. They are doing their best to make sure you have the best quality product. Granted, I'm definitely, I drink the Apple Kool-Aid, but I will definitely (laughs) look externally as well. There are some other neat things out there too, but... They really are concerned about the quality that you receive. Otherwise, I don't think they'd be offering you such good support on the phone or making sure that there are Apple stores. If you really have a problem with an Apple store, call into Apple Care support. That person will be quote unquote retrained. 
most likely, if they find that it was really on the Apple side of issues. They really are concerned about customer service. They are very concerned about also making sure that the the quality that you get out of the product is good. Unlike with Windows, which does its best to make a really good operating system. I will not fault them. There are good things to a PC. There are good things to a Mac. Um, I lean towards a Mac personally. Um, But on the Windows side, you can go into Joe Schmo store. You can get a $300 or less computer. It'll work great for months. And then why is it so slow? This thing is stupid. What is wrong with Windows? It's not generally always a Windows problem. Sometimes it's user error. Sometimes it's also this computer has the bare minimum to run Windows. And I mean bare minimum. They are not concerned. They're just concerned with cheap to get you to buy it. And then they'll change it in a month. Apple does its best to make sure that the products that you get are going to work. And if not, they give you the support behind it. I can agree with that. I mean, there are definitely instances when I've seen Windows, new Windows releases first come out, and the RAM inside the low-end computer is almost below the minimum. It's uh, it's outfitted with 4 gigs of RAM, and that's what Windows uses when it loads. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is true. It, it is amazing because you do talk about... Um, Apple talking about how green they are and looking towards the future and, and sustainability. And it does it, it is really hard to watch some of the keynotes because at the beginning they're throwing four new model iPhones at you. And then at the end of it they talk about how sustainability and we've released a new version of iOS that's going to make iPhone 5s run faster. Mm-hmm. That was actually a nice surprise. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it is, it is um, you know, so they, they definitely try to walk the walk and it's a very tight, it's a very slim tightrope that they uh, they find themselves on. But um, the new 2018 Mac Mini um, has been on sale for a while. It's a really exciting stuff. Since October. Since October. <laughs> and um, It's actually in stores, which is amazing, because usually it takes them forever to get them in stock. So is there anything else about the uh, um, the Mac Mini you think we might want to cover? Well, you can. It comes with a new black cable. It's super exciting. Um, it has a bigger grill in the back of it. It has four USB-C ports on it and two regular USB. I was actually kind of surprised by that. Um, it's USB-C and Thunderbolt three. Yes, let's just make a whole bunch of threes and Cs and sounding words. Um, it's not just funky sounding words. Um, USB-C has been coming to the market, especially with Apple paving the way for it, for about three or four years now. Um, USB-C is, um, it's an everything port as annoying as it is to, yes, have to get new chargers. And it may not just be annoying. It may be painful price wise, but the idea behind it is yes, thinner computers. Great. But they have that one port can now run an external display or multiple external displays. It can work with an external hard drive. It can be a regular USB port. It can be an SD card. It can it's an everything port. It works for whatever connection you need. Is that also the charging port? It oh yeah, and the charging port. Uh, also works with the charging port, which is kind of crazy to think about. I mean, they still have a headphone jack in the computer, but since Samsung came out with their uh, actually Samsung's changing their phones and other things, but they're though there's even USB-C to headphone jack, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's going away soon. Yes, I'm sorry for the horror, but there are options. <laughs> um, but yeah, it can work with a lot of different things. It can daisy chain off a lot. It doesn't take up as much space. You don't have to plug it in the right direction. 
I don't know what it is with USB ports. I know everybody does it. It only goes in one direction, but every time you plug it in, you generally plug it in the wrong way. I still get it wrong, and I stare at them before I plug it in. At least the nice thing with the USB-C is you don't have to worry about that anymore. You just plug it in. Much like a lightning cable. Much like a lightning cable, yes. It was kind of designed with the same idea. And the new charging cables that come with the new laptops, um, they're two separate pieces, which we get a lot of groans about. But the idea behind that, I thought it was, I was like, oh gosh, I'm going to be hearing lots of, I hate this, why is Apple changing everything, blah, 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 blah. Well, I started thinking about it. The old charging blocks, every single model that I can remember, had a problem where if you were really tough on the charging cable, or even if you weren't, it would fray, depending on how rough you were or how rough it thought it was, anywhere from a year to five years. Well, now, at least if that cable frays, which they are trying to make it sturdier, you can just replace the cable instead of the entire $80 block. Um, Yes, it sucks when you actually lose the charging cable, but at least now it's, oh, my power block is fine? All right, well, let me get a new charging cable, just the cable, which is a $30 fix rather than $80 for only one part of it that's broken. Oh, I can remember uh, seeing some uh, college kids uh, probably 10 plus years ago with oh, their God, those scary. with those uh, <laughs> with their charging blocks with the corner cut out of them, and uh, they replaced the car the charging cable with a two dollar cable because it was the circle of eight connector inside there that you could just use. You could just pull basically the plug you got out of your uh, boombox and plug that into your Apple charger. That part's fine. I'm talking about the other end. The, <laughs> the end that end. goes from the block that was actually like oh, soldered onto there, that oh, okay. would break. Okay. And then the amount of people that would ask, can't I just get a new cable? No, it's part of your block. <laughs> I can't chip your bro- block open. Oh, you're talking about some... the other end. You're the not other talking end. about the Oh, no, no, the, the, the other part, itself. that's normal, but okay. it just doesn't look as pretty. Yeah. Um, that's actually safe. That's fine, so long as you have it plugged in all the way. It just doesn't look pretty. But the other side of the cable, the magnetic side... That side was notorious. Actually, there was an older style T-shaped, um, not the one that's used for the new MagSafe 2, but the one that was used for the original MagSafe. Um, it was a white um, end, um, not silver. There was actually a recall out on that. They've stopped making it. That's why it's now a right angle charger so that it doesn't break anymore, or at least that was the idea. It doesn't break there, but now it still breaks at the actual connector on the block. I do wish they still put the little wrapper things on there because there's no easy way to travel with that. But it's still, I can separate it and just travel with the straight cable if I need to. Hopefully that cable will start turning into uh, Thunderbolt 3 to Thunderbolt 3 cables instead of just USB-C. But yeah, that's the Mac Mini and other tangents. I'm very good at tangents. Um, Talking about the new USB-C connectors um, and a few other things that go with it and just some appleisms um as a friendly reminder considering that we're very close to the end of december um the iphone battery price reduction will be going up after december according to apple it's only going up by an additional twenty dollars but still it is going up Uh, other than the iphone 10 is going up to 69 dollars instead of 29 um, so you may want to schedule your appointments as soon as possible before the end of December. Um, if not, the pricing will be going up, but it's not going back up to the original $79 for everything. And in future editions of our podcast, we will talk about um, Apple repair uh, programs. programs and um, recalls. Um, no, um, no, no. Repair programs. Bad. 
They are repair programs. Sometimes they're called service programs, but they're not recalls because they are repairing the problem, even if it means full unit replacements. Okay. Very good. Because they do take that dead machine and they do take it apart and re- Okay. Okay. No, that's, no, that's <laughs> good. I mean, that, that is that is a great thing. We can talk about Apple that, um, you know, and th- th- that is the key. You, if you have a problem, don't just sit there and complain about it to your friends. Go to the Apple store. Call Apple Care Support. Tell Apple what's going on. You can and, also chat. And they'll actually do something about it. They won't just sit there on their hands, you know. And if they don't know about a particular issue, the best thing to do is really reach out to them and let them know because the more people that tell them through Apple Care Support, not through a third party, um, not through authorized service providers, that only goes as far as the owner of the company, not all the way up to Apple. Apple Care Support, Apple Chat, Apple Email, anything like that, the more you tell them about it, the more they start going, oh, there is a problem because X number, X percentage of people are indeed having this problem. Um, That's how the Butterfly Key Repair Program came out. Um, So please, if you are having a problem with it, call the Apple Care Support number. And if they can't resolve it over the phone, they are, in fact, making a note that you had this problem. And you do go into the stack of people who had X problem. And if they find that it's a problem, they will do everything they can to resolve it. Um, usually with repair programs or software updates, depending on what is causing the end problem. So if you're having a problem, make sure you don't scully around. That's the name of our show. I'm Chris. She's Caitlin. And uh, in our next edition, we're going to delve into the Mighty iPad Pro. The two new ones. They're so pretty. The Mighty iPad Pro. All the wonderful things you can do with it. The the awesome announcement from Adobe, which I think is going to start having a an effect in the um, in the industry and the marketplace for these uh, tablet computers. Definitely, we'll see what happens there, and uh, we'll see you next the, time. The next time on Don't Scully Around. on this podcast are those of the hosts and producers and are not those of Apple or any authorized service provider. Information provided is purely for entertainment purposes only. For more information about products and services discussed in this program, we invite you to visit a corporate Apple store or an approved certified Apple service and sales center.